You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, in case you've never heard this show before, which you should be listening to it every Wednesday on iTunes. I'm excited because today, uh, today we're going to be covering a really good topic. We are going to be talking about this thing that I feel like everybody in the media, in... Uh, you know, with celebrities, I feel like it's a very touchy subject, and and I'm not afraid of touchy subjects. I want to get into it. I want to talk to people about it. I have an expert that we're going to be chatting with. I have someone that's um, struggled with it, and he's going to be talking to us about it. We're going to be talking about eating disorders and the media and celebrity culture and how it's all creating a very unhealthy environment and how to get out of that. And we're going to have fun doing it because that's how we roll on hashtag No Filter. Um, this week, we our drink of the week is the Aloha Kale and Green Appletini. It is fresh coconut water, fresh cold-pressed green apple, kale, celery, and lemon juice, and Aloha Daily Greens. I've been obsessed with Aloha lately. I've been drinking their protein shakes every morning, which is so yummy. I've actually included a link for you guys in the description um, to try it out, because right now they're doing a buy one, get one free, which I just did, because I love a good deal. Um, and I, I'm totally digging their protein shakes. So definitely check it out. It's all organic, all plant-based, gluten-free, vegan. Um, it's good. I like it. There's no junk in it. You can feel free to to add alcohol to your cocktail or not. You, choice is up to you. Matt is enjoying some nice, delicious H2O today. <laughs> um, and we are going to dive right into it, but... Be sure to check out Aloha. Like I said, I'll have a link in the description below. I like it. Their green juice is amazing. Their protein shakes are delicious. And I always have their their protein bars on the go when I'm on the go. Because um, I'm always on the go. But first, I want to welcome uh, my co-host today. His name is Matt Shepard. Hello. What up, bruh? How are you, bruh? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I love talking about eating disorders. It's just Aren't they? A... Isn't it just a fun topic mm-hmm. to talk about? It makes me hungry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you started um, a group. You have a Facebook, not a Facebook, a YouTube channel, right? Yes. I have a YouTube channel um, called Meet Matt Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find it under Kid Number 2 City. It's another way to find it. Okay. Um, it's called Meet Matt Shepard and um, his big fat life. Okay. Uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the official the official name of it. I love it. Yeah. And what it, what is it about? So basically, I kind of started the channel. I've been in recovery from an eating disorder for nine years. I've suffered from binge, okay. binge eating disorder. Um, I also went through periods of pretty severe exercise bulimia in high school and, um, okay. and restricting. And then around 21, I got... Into recovery, my top weight was 340 pounds, so I've lost over okay. 160 pounds. And um, so in recovery, I spent a good nine years just kind of getting my life together mm-hmm. and really just asking myself, who am I, being in relationships that weren't working. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, totally. And now just focusing on having a relationship with myself, and really my YouTube channel is really about that, about realizing what a big fat life I have, even yeah. though now I'm at a healthy body weight and and what does that look like. And yeah. There's videos that I did about – I do quite a few videos about my eating disorder mm-hmm. and about – living in recovery and living um, life not being in my addiction because it takes time yeah it takes time to 
embrace a new way of living. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what is Bras with Eating Disorder? Because that was a team you created for the Nita Walk last month, right? Yes. So what I did was I wanted to start doing some work with Nita, so I wanted to really make sure that I got their attention. Um, right. And the whole thing is there's not really – men aren't really talking about eating disorders. Does that frustrate you? Well, over 10 million men will suffer with a significant eating disorder in, in their life, um, just in the States alone. Yeah. Um, and then uh, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. Uh, because people are, yeah, because people are dying from heart disease and high blood pressure, but it's not being labeled in conjunction with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even the way they're doing surveys, you know, and information and tests around trying to identify men with eating disorders, the tests aren't written in a way that even make it identifiable for men. So it's like, do you feel like an eat- having an eating disorder is emasculating? I think that, or do you feel like it's considered like a female issue? I, that's the funny thing is I think now in order to shift the responsibility towards the recovery community, mm-hmm. it's um, the disorder, yes, especially the, for me, the weight issue of it was very emasculating. Mm-hmm. But I think that the fact that um, in the recovery communities, it's still very female focused. Yeah. That is emasculating. Yeah. It's finding the treatment that has actually become emasculating for men who've suffered. How many men did you find at the Walk? Um, as far as those in recovery, a lot of them were the boyfriends of the girls that were there. How many men with, with me? ad- admitted having an eating disorder that participated in the need to walk? Well, like were the group many? of guys I went with, it was four of us total. Okay. Um, but even finding men to talk, I was like, I asked one guy and he was like, oh, that's my girlfriend who has the eating disorders. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> really wanted to talk to us. Yeah. But the whole idea was, uh, to start opening up the dialogue. It's like, what up, bruh? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just relatable. And it's just. Dudes being guys and like that video, I, we talk about it, you know, very openly. And we talk about how uncomfortable we were there at the. At the yeah, walk. no, absolutely. I yeah. can imagine. I mean, you're a, you're a whole bunch of whole bunch of girls, and you yeah. know that's not obviously. I mean, it, at least from my perspective, it doesn't look like a lot of guys want to come out and say, "I have an eating disorder. I right. have anorexia. Right. I have bulimia. I have binge eating disorder." Right, right. And it's even the way that it's talked about in terms right. of recovery. It's for myself. It hasn't really been a way that's been appro- necessarily approachable for mm-hmm. me. Um, and also, having lost 160 pounds, there's a whole another aspect of the eating disorder that. Um, People are kind of scared to talk about weight loss and right. obesity in conjunction with an eating disorder. So it's been kind of a, a navigating that in terms of doing the advocacy work. Okay. And then now I want to introduce um, our next guest. She's actually our expert on today's show. Her name is Dr. Kelly Estes, and she's a highly sought-after celebrity addiction therapist, life coach, recovery coach, and wellness guru. And she blends talk therapy with forward and positive change to assist her clients in unlocking their true potential. Please welcome Dr. Kelly Estes. Hi. Thank you. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Good. So you heard a little bit about Matt's story. I want you to share a little bit about um, your story and, and you know, the battle that you faced. Sure. And what, well, first, and what inspired me... you to, to become so open and become an advocate for this. Okay, first let me say to Matt, that's fantastic. Congratulations. That is hard work. Thank you. Um, Especially being a male. I mean, we women, you know, we're known for having eating disorders. For God's Mm -hmm. sakes, the runway models are, you know, super, super thin. Mm -hmm. But with men, it's difficult because the Mm -hmm. beer belly is a fad, and it's okay to have a beer belly. The dad Mm -hmm. bod. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Everybody wants to, yeah. Yeah, we have an extra five pounds, and oh my God, you know, we're fatty McFadden. So yeah, it's, right. it's difficult. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was always overweight. I was about 60 pounds overweight and didn't know it because I was in a private school. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to high school and I was in a public school, I realized I was fat. But I didn't know much beyond that. And in my family, my mother had a binge eating disorder. So the way it would work is grandma, every time there was an issue, grandma would have the girlfriends over, they would bake cake, and they would discuss the issue over coffee. Well, when they went to bed, my mom would eat the entire cake and then make another cake. So I learned if you're stressed, you eat food Yeah. versus drink alcohol. That's what you do. Right. And that was my coping mechanism into college. And what happened for me was one day all my friends went to the bar and I went and they all hooked up with guys. And of course, you know, I'm 60 pounds overweight. You know, I was, no one was interested in me. And I came home and I was sitting on the floor with a cake between my legs, with my hands in the cake. I had cake on my face, cake on the floor, just crying. And one of my roommates walked in and she said to me, there's something wrong with you. That's not normal. And I looked at her and I'm like, how is this not normal? Doesn't everybody do this? And she said, no, you need help. And I ended up going to the counselor, and back then, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, um, I didn't fit the DSM criteria for eating disorder because I didn't purge. I was a binger Mm -hmm. and an exerciser, and back then, binging, purging, or restricting. So they said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Go to Weight Watchers. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) <laughs> that's what the, that's I what my ended, doctor said to me too in college. Go to Weight Watchers. Didn't even what? mention do you have an eating disorder. He just said you should try Weight Watchers. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I did, and I it didn't work because the issue right. wasn't because the I, issue was, wasn't with your weight. The issue was emotional. Exactly. So would so you then, guys? Sorry, go ahead. Well, then I ended up at OA, Overeaters Anonymous, but. As I was doing that, a friend said, get a personal trainer. And the personal trainer said, you need to go to the doctor and get on FenFen, get on diet pill. So I did. Uh, then I ended up with an eating disorder and a right. pill problem. So now right. I'm a drug addict and a food addict. And so, so Dr. Yeah. Estes, was your, so your eating disorder was, was binge eating? I was a binge eater. I would stuff and stuff and stuff to the point of vomit right before because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't like the purge feeling. Yeah. And then the next day, I would restrict for 24 hours. And go to the gym for okay. six hours. So she's actually really setting a good example for both how men and women suffer from the disease where if you're compulsively overeating and you're gaining all this weight, we then take to the other extreme and we'll compulsively lose the weight and compulsively right. exercise where it's like having to be so delicate with how we how we choose to recover through it and allow it. It has right. to be a process that touches on the emotional, the, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual all at the same time because it's, such, it's so, such a compact disease. Okay, I have a question for both of you. So as two people that have had eating, that have, are in recovery for an eating disorder, um, that are open, you advocate for it, you spread awareness for it, you like to educate people, is it frustrating to then come across people who may have also struggled with an eating disorder that may also be headed in the road of recovery, but haven't necessarily spoken out and raised awareness and tried to be an advocate or at least shared their story and their struggle. Or Matt, maybe more specific to you, you know, with other guys that maybe have had eating disorders are in recovery that aren't comfortable talking about it. Is that something that's frustrating to you as another man that has an eating disorder? I I think what's frustrating is I don't think men really know that it's an issue that it's an issue. I think the reason why I started doing the work I did was because um, how can men 
even name what they have if they don't have a face if they can't put a face to it right so i'm not trying to be the face of eating disorders but i think if they can't relate to the message then they're not going to be able to identify it for themselves and seek the help they need what do you guys think about people that don't think eating disorders are real that or that don't think it's a real issue or a real problem is that at all insulting to you to know that you've really struggled that say oh you eat too much well you know just stop eating or oh you don't want to eat why don't why don't you eat or you're too skinny eat a hamburger well that's like what i mean nicole arbor put that video out dear fat people i mean the whole idea was around they people just need to lose weight yeah and it was really it was really offensive really um it it it, it just missed the whole point of 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 I can't – there's even no words for, like, what her video was about. What you know? is Dear Fat, Fat People? So she did the, – there's this YouTube video by a YouTube comedian, Nicole Arbor. She put out a video called Dear Fat People. And okay. it essentially was talking about how people just need to um, – you know, fat acceptance is, is one thing, but people need to, like, lose weight and people need to be healthy. Like, people who – if you're not healthy, then – and right. she's kind of she kind of took the whole eating disorder thing out of the conversation in uh-huh. general and turned it into just into comedy. Uh-huh. And I think there's a place for comedy in dealing with difficult issues, but there's a way of dealing with the issues. Right. And it was just a really kind of it offended a lot of people, and and it was kind of irresponsible pro- approach to comedy um, that kind of just uh, reinforced a lot of negative stereotypes around fat people. Um, because we're just now at the beginning phase of really being able to connect that obesity can be an eating disorder, can be uh-huh. connected to an eating disorder or a symptom of an eating disorder. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Matt. Yeah. We had the same thing with the heroin issue on SNL, where mm-hmm. they made Julia Lewis Dreyfus, I think it was, made fun of um, heroin, so cocaine to stay awake and heroin to sleep at night. It was mm-hmm. the exact same thing. It's like it's not shedding positive images on what we're trying to combat right you, know, you have somebody who has a drug addiction they can't just oh stop doing drugs it's the same thing with food oh just stop eating well no it's a coping mechanism so and i kind of look at her parody um on the youtube mm-hmm. as a very selfish and very cold very mm-hmm. very ignorant of her because there's ways and, to talk about it that can be funny right from a place correct. of like healing and getting better Right, because we did crazy things. I was totally, I was totally been on. We called them binge buddies. You find a binge buddy. <laughs> we don't go to the bar. You just call your binge buddy well, over. <laughs> and, and it's socially acceptable to binge when you're going right. through a heartbreak. You see on on TV shows like eat a whole gallon of ice cream, and that's socially acceptable. Which to me is just right. right. It's it's twisted. Well, and especially like with with you know my having binge eating disorder for me, it resulted in significant weight gain. Where other people's bodies, they don't have that. Right. However, if I want to start talking about – somebody said to me to talk about um, my eating disorder and talking about weight loss as being a um, – weight loss is just a byproduct of, of your – of eating disorder recovery. I'm like, no. It was a significant factor in that I needed to lose weight and also it was a significant factor in me going through my recovery process because it threatened me wanting to gain the weight back. Right. Losing – so it, it had to just all be a part of my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are kind of scared to talk about obesity, partly because we have an obesity epidemic in our country. So what's really going on? Our country may just have a kind of an emotional, some emotional issues going on. That right, right. We don't yet know how to start talking about. That's very true. Okay, I want to jump into our next segment, which is called Swipe Left, Swipe Right. It's a game of thumbs up, thumbs down. And I want to go through um, a couple of different celebrities 
um, that have either spoken out about having an eating disorder or have been portrayed in the media to have had an eating disorder. Um, And I want to know whether you guys think that these celebrities are helping the cause or hurting the cause, okay, because they're public figures. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the first one is Demi Lovato, who I think a lot of people have known who's come out. She went, you know, she's now in recovery. She's mm-hmm. spoken about it. She wrote a whole book about it. Matt, what do you think? Is she helping the cause or hurting the cause? I'm going to say sw- swipe right is positive, right? Yeah. 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 Cause I haven't really done the Tinder thing yet. Mm. You know that's the game night, pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would swipe right on her just okay. because she's, she is very much in the public eye. And I think an important okay. part is just seeing that she's. She's like really acknowledged what's happened to her mm-hmm. and now acknowledging like I'm trying to live my life too. Yeah. Dr. Estes? I'm swipe right. I love Demi Lovato. She is open about her addiction. She's open about her experiences. And I think having someone like that who's in the younger generation sector that some of these younger girls can identify with, Absolutely. I think it's fabulous. I completely agree. I totally swipe right, swipe right to her because she also does it in a non-obnoxious way. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle and, and positive and, and encouraging to other young adults. And matter of fact, which I yeah, think is important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about uh, celebrities like Portia de Rossi, who's Ellen's wife, um, and Joan Rivers, who have talked about it in interviews. They've uh, Joan Rivers mentioned it in one of her books. Portia has written a whole book about it. So these are celebrities that have continued to share their story. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Matt? Do you... I mean, as far as their more personal story, I'm actually not as aware of like how much detail they went into. But I think anyone who's taken the time to really go in detail about the situation is a swipe right. You don't think it's at all opportunistic? Um, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. Like Joan Rivers, man, she talks about all her problems. I mean, the <laughs> eating disorder is just self-deprecating. Right, right. Which the eating disorder is just one of, I, you know, especially Joan Rivers, mm-hmm. I swipe right on because what it is, is there's a humility in everything she talks about. Yeah. That you're just like, she makes it okay to have problems. Right. <laughs> you know? Dr. Estes? I swipe right with Joan Rivers because she was addicted to everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plastic surgery. And she just, I mean, she was funny, she was entertaining, and she just didn't give a hoot. Yeah. So I no, love that kind of, you know, all open and entertaining. Um, I'm not too familiar with Portia de Rossi. I don't really know her whole story. Okay. She so wrote a whole really... book about her struggle. So her whole book was very specific to her struggle with an eating disorder and then coming into recovery. Oh. I, so yeah, that, I that's where I say, is it opportunistic? I personally yeah. don't think it was, but I mean... Well, the As fact that we're not talking trying about to it. stay relevant. Well, it just doesn't seem. I mean, no one's talking about that book, so it doesn't seem too opportunistic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, what do you guys think about celebrities like Jane Fonda and Lady Gaga, who have mentioned that they've had eating disorders in the past, but haven't really made it more than that, more than just a mere mention of mm. having battled in the past, but in the past, moving forward over it and not really talking about their struggle or promoting awareness or doing much more beyond that. Well, interesting enough, didn't Jane Fonda do workout videos? Yeah. Okay, so swipe left because <laughs> if, if if you're going to be in the health fitness field, I think a big part of it, and there was a huge opportunity there to help a lot of people and um, chose otherwise. Okay, Dr. Estes? 
Do you agree or do you, or do you not agree? I agree, I agree with Matt um, because if you're going to be in the fitness industry, you are promoting health and wellness. And if you have an eating disorder, talking about it and writing about it, people are going to want to know. And they're right. going to want to know how you got through it being, you know, the exercise, exercise icon of the 80s. Okay. Now, here's a question to throw at both of you. Do you think that if a celebrity speaks out, they're automatically held to a higher standard where they can't really slip up, they kind of have to talk about it, and they can't really fall back because they have so many people watching them and counting on them? So, like, let's take Demi Lovato for an example. Do you think that she is now not really allowed to slip up and fall back and and kind of resort back to her eating disorder because she's a celebrity, because she is a a role model for young women, um, and because she's so open about her journey? Well, I I think the important thing is to talk about is to is how we frame how we talk about our eating disorder. Okay. Because for me, like I'm in recovery, but I will live with this for the rest of my life. Right. So in me talking about it, I, I focus on this is me. It's always going to be a part of me. Right. And this is my journey, which is not like I'm recovered and I'm done. Right. I got to eat three times a day. You know. That's tough right. to have an issue right. like that with with an eating disorder. It's not like drugs or alcohol where you can really abstain from it. Right. You can never. I mean, it's always going to be around you. I mean, bars aren't going to go extinct. There's right. not going to be another prohibition. But so in her doing yeah. her work and her living her life, you know what? If she if I were to gain some weight or if she gains weight, they might start talking to her about it again. And it's going to be up to the individual to choose how they're going to take it on and be like, hey, listen, I'm living my life and I'm and I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. You know, but it's I think that's a fair point. Okay, Dr. Estes, I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference between problematic eating habits and having a real eating disorder and if there's even a difference between the two. Yes, definitely. So problematic eating habits is excessive fast food, excessive sugar to the point where you physically crave it. Got so it. there's a difference between physical and emotional eating. The physical eater will say to you, you know, I really crave, I'm craving ice cream. Let's go get ice cream. Mm. Well, you're craving sugar. Right, That's right. the problem. Versus <laughs> an emotional eater, but we're not But sugar hungry. is so good. <laughs> Sugar is so it's bad. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. No, no, no. I completely agree. Sugar is the worst. But like I, I'm a big... It looks like cocaine, but... Yeah. No, it's totally cocaine. <laughs> it's cocaine in a different form. Yeah. And that's exactly right. So with the, with the emotional eating, we're not hungry. We're not even craving right. sugar. We will eat... Right. You know, for me, it was anything. Pizza, sugar... Pasta, macaroni, anything that was heavy mm-hmm. and carbs, as much of it as I could have. And if I didn't have it, I would get in the car at three o'clock in the morning in my pajamas mm-hmm. and go to the Wawa or the Seven Eleven and get what I wanted. And I would because eat at you. <laughs> <laughs> you eat at somebody. Exactly. So that's totally different than anything else. So, what do you think are three concrete signs that indicate that a person has an eating disorder? Hiding food is your telltale. If somebody's got food in their drawers and in their purse and in their backpack and in their car, and it's not just one Snickers bar and one power bar, it's right. a whole drawer full of you know, Snickers bars in one right. drawer and a whole drawer full of Skittles in the other, you've got a hoarder, right. which is going to be somebody who probably has an eating disorder. Um, the second one is if you go out to eat and the person doesn't eat, it's another tell. Well, they'll have a salad, a glass of water, and have two or three bites and not eat with everyone else. Right. They're usually binging behind closed doors because they're scared to eat in front of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if they have any kind of weight at all. Okay. And, and the third? The third, 
Third one is if, if you're around them and you never really see them eat anything bad, but they're heavy. For mm -hmm. example, oh, yeah. a 350-pound man who eats very, very limited food and all healthy food throughout the day, but doesn't seem to lose weight. And you're around them a lot. Then you know they're closet eating. You know they're secretly eating somewhere, somehow. And those are the three main things you want to look for. Okay. I think those are three really good signs that people can be aware of. Um, okay, so here's the question. So how can friends and family support somebody with an eating disorder? As two people that are in recovery right now, what advice do you think? Um, I, I did want to throw one thing on that, like when you're talking about those three points, that oh, yeah. I'm, she might be able to better kind of articulate this, but an auxiliary behavior, especially in relation to men, uh -huh. is like excessive exercise. Oh, if, yeah. Like, if, you, if your man's going to the gym five hours a day. Or an obsession with, like, right. your body or your Right. Weight. There's all those things that, like, body obsession, the extra exercise to try to offset the calorie intake. Because sometimes you can even eat normal, but then you still right. have this need to excessively exercise, which are all signs of... Of an issue. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what do you think, Matt, what would what are two things that you think would be most supportive from a, a, a family member or a friend in I recovery? I think one, unconditional love. Okay. To be in acceptance of that person, um, but also not enabling them because it's, it's an addiction. What, what does enabling look like? So for me, if um, the same rules apply with alcoholism or, or any other form of an addiction. Like okay. it's not to enable someone to continue in their addiction, mm -hmm. you know, to have a healthy detachment from that person and be like, I can't support you in your addiction. Right. But also – um, to come from a place of love. Like, you know, anyone doesn't need to be berated if they're suffering from something that's out of their control. Okay. You know, I think those are some important points. And then also, you know, educate yourself about, about the illness. Educate yourself about the eating disorder. Okay, here's yeah. a question relate, in relation to that. What do you think is a big misconception about eating disorders that you would like to clear up right now? That we have a choice. Okay, so that it's a choice to have an eating disorder. Right. Do you think it, it takes away the struggle? It it rips that the real struggle that you have with food and with weight and with. I woke up every day saying, "Today I'm going to eat right. Today I'm going to eat right." And then halfway by noon, I was done, and then yeah. I was off to the races. And then it was the demoralization of living that way. It's like you feel insane because you are insane. So how do you feel about people that think that it's just a choice? I feel sorry for them because, like, either way, I still have to deal with it, and I have right. to find a solution that works for me. You Do know, Doctor Estes. I agree. It's not a choice. And I say to them the same thing. Well, then you're telling me if it's a choice, you can choose not to be a drug addict or you can choose not to do certain things. You can choose not to have cancer. That's yeah. not accurate. You know, it's something we have to learn how to live with. And, here, you know, here's the difference. You can stop using drugs and alcohol and still live. You can't stop eating and still live. So there's right. no abstinence-based program for us. And you know, there are times, sure, that I crave sugar. And there are times that I'll say, okay, you can only have one teaspoon of this because I know if we have more than one teaspoon, we're going to want the whole thing. Right. So it's constant self-talk and it's constant reinforcement and it's constant playing the tape from start to finish. If I eat this, I know what's going to happen. If I eat all of this, I really know what's going to happen and I don't want to live mm -hmm. like that. And finding, so I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, finding people that you relate to. I mean, I think that's the whole point in some of these uh, awareness walks that people do. It's just so you can connect to other people who've, who suffer just as you have because it right. takes the shame out of it. I think taking the shame out of the illness, and that's partly why talking about it because now in my life I'm struggling with a lot of the effects of 
having been morbidly obese? Like, how do I have intimacy? How do I relate to myself and my body? And, and, and a lot of the shame is lifted when I'm just saying, you know what, this is what I'm going through and sharing it with other people. So Dr. Estes, is there hope for people that have had eating disorders and maybe are now in recovery? Would you say there really is hope for them? I was just going to bring up point up on what Matt said. I had posted a picture of myself in the gym and I had gotten body shamed by an older gentleman who said, you're supposed to be in recovery, and aren't you filling a hole by posting your picture? And I said, no, I have an eating disorder. It's very different than a drug addiction. It's very different than NA and AA. And in my eating disorder, I dropped 60 pounds. So if I want to post a picture of myself, it's not for me going, look how thin I am. It's me going, I can post a picture of myself and be okay with it. Because most of my life, I couldn't do that. Good for and, you. And piss off to all the haters. <laughs> I mean, shit. Like, it's so easy for somebody to hide behind their computer screen, mm-hmm. to have an egg on Twitter, and to, you know, talk crap about somebody and, and not really understand the struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there, there is hope out there, and there is help out there now. Back when I started learning how to deal with this, it wasn't labeled an addiction. It was labeled a disorder. Right. And... Mm-hmm. You kind of had to hide in the closet. Now it's like, okay, we have an addiction. We're addicted to food and what it, how it makes us feel. And if we learn to break that addiction and we learn coping skills and life skills, we're not so attracted to that plate of french fries. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do Absolutely. other things. Absolutely. So, Dr. Estes, what's one resource that you think families um, and friends that may think they, they know somebody with an eating disorder or somebody that's struggling right now, what resource would you encourage them to go to? I definitely like like the food addiction coaching. Okay. I really think that responds well. For me, I got sober in yoga because mm, I was yeah. accepted there. And yeah. it was the first time that I could feel my body, and people say it's okay to feel your body. So I recommend yoga classes, especially geared towards eating disorders. They are out there, and you can find them. And working with somebody in that sense, in that serene environment, really helps because we're we're fragile, you know, right. and something mm-hmm. as simple as someone making fun of us at the grocery store will set us into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Right. Matt, what resources do you utilize the most? Well, I mean, I think I had to start first just looking up about eating disorders and just, I, I think I utilize people who've, who, who I share experiences with people that I can relate to, okay. um, which is a large part why I started doing the YouTube stuff. And, and I think, uh, I think finding people that I under, that that understood what I was going through. I think that was a huge part of of me and my my start of finding finding recovery. Did need to play a role in in helping you? Um, not specifically because I came to them like eight years into my recovery. Okay. Uh, but the important thing is finding what works for you. Right. Finding what allows you to connect with yourself. Finding what gives you a, an approach to recovering that I find to be very like all inclusive mm-hmm. of all aspects of your recovery: physical, emotional, you know, the spiritual side of it, and and uh, everyone's different. So I right. don't think there is one specific way to recover. Find what works for you. Right. Okay. Dr. Estes, where can people um, learn more about you if they want to connect with you? Do you have any social media channels that you want to plug or any websites that you want to promote? Sure. They can find me at www.theaddictionscoach.com or com or Twitter, which is The Addictions Co. Uh, Facebook, Callie Estes, or The Addictions Coach. I'm kind of all over the place, so <laughs> not too hard to find. <laughs> Good for you. Good new media marketing. Matt, what about you? 
Uh, you can find me at www.meetmattshep.com, my YouTube channel, um, youtube.com backslash meetmattshepherd, and then Twitter and Instagram at, at meetmattshep. I love it. Thank you guys so much for sharing your journey. Thank you. And and for, for just speaking openly and, and being a, another resource for people that may be struggling or people that just don't know about eating disorders. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. I'm Zach Peter. I'm going to be here every Wednesday on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe. Follow me at Just Plain Zach. If you have a question for us, tweet it to us at NoFilterZach. And be sure to check out Aloha because I love them and I think you will love them too. For this uh, this week's Drink of the Week recipe, go to JustPlainZach.com. I have that recipe there and plenty of other healthy cocktail recipes. So go and check it out right now. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dr. Estes. Definitely check them out. And if you know somebody with that you think may have an issue or you have an issue, no shame. Own it. Get help. There are resources right now. There is hope. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.